G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my u- usual co-host, Dossie. How you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And joined once again by Checkers filling in for K's. How are you, mate? Back to back weeks. Yeah, yeah good, good. Good to have you on, mate. Here. Yeah, good to have you back. Now, you've had an epic weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, you might want to tell the listeners what you did over the weekend. So uh, I got back from Melbourne this morning at about 6am so yeah I've been over there for the last four days um, other than seeing some of the best games of football of the year we did a lot of uh, TikTok and video type work and yeah it was pretty crazy just some run the, the listeners what three games you got to watch over the weekend um, so there's the Friday night draw we had Richmond Fremantle um, with the Noah Cumberland play on I don't know oh, yeah, the yeah, Noah yeah, Bolter yeah. the Noah yep, Bolter Chase Davis yep. Shepard uh, Smother um, what was the vibe in the crowd when that happened? So flat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like confused because you couldn't hear the siren because everyone was cheering the oh. Cumberland mark because they were like, Richmond fans went nuts singing like, this is it, we've got our score. Yep. And then the siren sounded as everyone was cheering and no one knew it went. And then they just looked up at the scoreboard and saw the, the time had stopped and players were hugging and were like, what? <laughs> um, so what's the next game? Uh, the next game was the Saturday night, Jamar Eagle Hagen coming of age game. Oh, it's about time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just before I got here, I just go to the car and it was like a comparison, like Buddy's breakout and Jamara's breakout. And it was like an AFL post or something. And it was literally almost like identical points of their career. I think Buddy kicked six, Jamara kicked five. So it was Holy like- Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty electric. Um, Doggies yep. fans very up and about now. They could probably make finals. Yep. And, and then the third. Sunday night, uh, we, we skipped the GWS Carlton game because we'd already been to Marvel twice and we yeah. went to the MCG and sat amongst 70,000 people who all watched uh, Jamie Elliott kick a goal after the siren. I don't think you could get a better three <laughs> yeah. games to watch like back-to-back. We're in a weekend to actually attend ever in history. Uh, like, you never get that. So. Oh, that was nuts. Yeah, well, lucky you got that. I got to watch some uh, fantastic games. No, actually, the poor <laughs> yeah. game wasn't too bad, like, apart from the fact we lost. But, uh, yeah, no, the North Melbourne uh, Hawthorne game probably didn't live up to those standards, that's for sure. <laughs> Mighty Weagles as well <laughs> yeah, for me. One, but at least you're a Weagles fan, though. You get yeah, to cheer nah. on your boy Jai Cully, which we'll, do, yeah. we'll talk about a bit later. That nah, that's all right. But if you haven't noticed, uh, if you're on the stream or um, you're watching any of the, the TikTok clips during the week or the social clips, we're wearing some marmalade hats at the moment so that's your uh, your little crew that you do talks with and interview people outside of games uh, where can people can people buy these or uh, these? We're, we're still undecided we're thinking maybe this is a bit like the fantasy hat you have to like earn it earn it Ooh, yeah cool. you have to we might do a few giveaways or yeah. at the moment I'll tell you the only people that have one myself Lloydie cameraman you two guys John O'Brown Kane Corns Kane Corns' kids and Campbell Brown. Very, so very exclusive. Yeah, very <laughs> exclusive <laughs> company that we're yeah. joining. We are not worthy. I don't yeah, know. I don't think so. We're definitely the most famous out of those, aren't we, Dusty? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it might be a bit of like that whole fantasy because we've only, we didn't, we didn't, yeah, we're not overly big on like selling merch. It's not, mm. we're not in it for the money, but it's just like, be cool to have kids or, you know. Yeah. And they probably look, they're trying cool. to they look more. bloody awesome as well. Seeing, so. Send us some good videos yeah. or send yeah. us some talks and we might send you out. It'd be kind of cool <laughs> just to see one out in the wild as well. Yeah. Like, you know, driving down the street and you see one out there. So you wonder how they got that. I reckon mine might end up like your footy show hat mate I just might wear this everywhere until you can't recognise the colour or anything left it is a pretty sweet hat although the uh, the uh, marmalade orange uh, it's, pretty, it's a good colour actually you it's can't beautiful. really it won't get too dirty be fine that's mustard mate not orange come on oh, it's, I thought marmalade was orange it's made of oranges 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get stuck in the show in a second. But uh, checkers, we got one more thing to kind of uh, you know pick your brain about. Um, so we were with one of your league mates last Wednesday night at the uh, AFL Fantasy Live shows. Oh yeah, and um, we discovered a bit of a trade that happened between yeah, you robbed. two. <laughs> so uh, you're a robbed. mad St Kilda fan, right? Yeah, and you've traded Jack Sinclair. Andrew Gaff. What when you walk us yeah, through? Yeah, let's walk us through this one. All right. So at the time I was dishing out trade requests, trying to offload Sinclair, thinking that maybe his five round average was a bit of a blip and that Hunter Clark would come back, Nick Coffield would come back. There's a few players at St Kilda that were out of the team at the time. And he was dishing up maybe high eighties and nineties early in the year. And uh yeah, I was like, mm, could probably like trade what you, what, what's the term? Buy, 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 buy low on gaff. Yeah, yeah. Buy, buy low on so a, a yeah. midfielder who's missing the first bit of the year. He had COVID or something and then uh, trade high on Sinclair when his value was high. And it wasn't really gaff was the man I wanted, but I really needed a midfielder because I was one short in my league. And I was like shopping around, no one was biting. And then, yeah, someone finally bid on gaff and I was like, that'll work out all right back end of the year <laughs> because I'm at the moment, just for comparison, I'm running like Harry Schoenberg and like – Middle of my midfield, mm. it's very, very thin midfield. I went deep in the defence and forwards. So it's so before rough. You, though, it's before like, you <laughs> slap me across the face for trading out Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of I got like Sard and Perryman on the bench. And as yeah, a Saints okay. man, you would have probably seen patches like that before at the start of the season. And looking at his average, he's beating his best career average in what his what year is this for him? Year seven. Yeah, and he's beating his best average by nearly thirty points. So That's it's amazing. like. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's pretty. I mean, unlucky I'm not, I'm not, your end, but not over it. Like I think next year could come better. Like who knows? Once those young guys come back inside, I'm not like I'm not, obviously at, at this point in time. I'm like yeah, that's gross. Uh, but mate, I think you lost the trade. <laughs> nah, <laughs> there was um, pretty funny because on the night Calvin actually had a song about Andrew Gaff as well that he sung, and yeah. then we ended up talking about him in that trade. Yeah, <laughs> so, I just found it randomly. I'm like, wait, this well, we trade with the, other, with, the, with the other party. As well, yeah. he showed us that. Yeah, yeah. The other night. So then, yeah. Yeah, Dan said I couldn't make those um, <laughs> nights of the highway. Yeah, bloody good fun. And yeah, that no, no, was Costas the show as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome as well just to meet um, a few listeners on the night as well, especially on the Thursday night. There's a quite a few people that listen to the show there as well that come up and said good day. So um, yeah, thanks to those people who did come and say good day. It's kind of flattering to know there's that many people out there listening to either the Cape League or the Pod Pod. So yeah, yeah it's kind of nice. So. Dossie was drawing all the attention to himself wearing a uh, Buzz Lightyear t shirt and a Light Years Ahead. Fake AFL fantasy number one. Hat. <laughs> Mate, that's not fake. I told you they've sent that out in preparation <laughs> no, for my win this year. Pretty dodgy design, if that's the case. That's a, um, good group chat I was in, and I think you might have been our group chat. I'm not sure, but one of them, so people were discussing the highest hat numbers they could see in the room. Oh right. And yeah. There was a there was this guy who was listing, he was taking photos from across from his table, zooming in across the room, taking photos of every hat he could see. <laughs> would have been about thirty hats in the room, I think. And he was, just, yeah, I think the highest might have been maybe thirteen or something. Yeah. But it was just very. Oh, I was in. Melbourne. I was I couldn't attend, but I'm the, I'm the group chat going. It's pretty funny. Like these yeah. guys scouting hats at the highway. <laughs> the what if they saw the number one in there? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Well. Stuck on with paper and glue. But, <laughs> anyway. There's no evidence on that. No, that people actually ask me about it. It's like that's. There's no way that's real. And then I was like, no <laughs> shit. Season one is the first. Yeah. It's legit. Fault. The paper was legit falling off, and like <laughs> yeah. the coloured in AFL fantasy logo was the wonkiest piece of shit I've ever seen. So <laughs> my three year old does better art than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's get stuck in, uh, but not before we talk about our great sponsors, Manscaped. So, lads, Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure 
all their father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Ooh. So Manscaped's performance package 4.0, which includes signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. That's right. Here is no dad joke, Dossie. Treat your old man and yourself, actually, and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20 at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you later. I think the big one for the dads is the weed whacker, the under nose trimmer. Oh, yeah. Dad's definitely trim the nose. My so. old man could use one of those, I reckon. Yeah, I My old man, by the way, claimed that he was going to get a big fat W over the Statesman in Classic this week. He's, it's only like his second year of playing Classic. Yeah. Claimed, oh, I've got this in the bag. He was like looking at the matchup. He's like, nah, I've got him. Went down by three hundred. So, oh, geez, got close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe you can get a uh, give him a weed whacker, make him feel a bit, <laughs> yep. a bit better. So might, have might have a big dub there. Anyways, let's get stuck into the round rewind. First game of the weekend was Richmond versus Fremantle. Check this. You were at this game. Uh, tell us what you saw from a keeper league or draft perspective. Keeper league or draft perspective, there wasn't a whole lot going on here. Um, scoring wise quite a low scoring game and it was a low scoring game on the scoreboard as well it was only 50 yeah. you know under the roof of Marvel I think 52 to 52 there wasn't no wind or weather factors that should have really affected this um, the standouts I got written down in my notes on my phone on the night I put it down that Noah Cumberland would be a player for the future and we were discussing it me and Lloydie the other guy from Marmalade we were really discussing it on where he fits because Tom Lynch is currently out of the side Tom mm. Lynch, obviously their number one forward and will be coming back as soon as he's back from injury. There's no way that Cumberland will ever keep him out of the side. But Jack Rewalt, is his time potentially coming to a close at Richmond and maybe with Dusty leaving and Cochin potentially retiring and will that be the end of Jack Rewalt? And that opens up a spot for Noah Cumberland next year because he was very, very exciting. He's been very, very exciting in yeah, his first three games. I haven't really watched Dave Richmond over his first three games, but his fantasy scoring has been fantastic. So. No, his game – I haven't watched his games the first two games that he played, yeah. but, I mean, you've obviously seen the scores and seen He's his kicking goals. the scoreboard. Yeah. He kicked one goal – on the night one goal one and then obviously had that mark that he played on back you know yeah, yeah the, the infamous yeah. play on but could have kicked two there and he's just he's just exciting he's strong hands got a good frame moves well around the ground then you know if Lynch is going to play deep forward then it could be a very handy centre half forward well, so he's got, got a bit of a boom and peg. They're saying on the broadcast, peg, if you yeah, watch it, they were like really, um, you know, upset for him that he didn't take the kick because they reckon he could have made that because it was, you know, it was right on fifty, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, that he might about fifty-five out. So yeah. I think he would have had a yeah. kick for sixty. I but think the plan makes sense because he could have yeah. taken two steps and just slammed it. He would have yeah, yeah, he needed a point really. Yeah. So if he went yeah. back and went on the, was on the mark, he would have had to kick from further out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they were just saying though that they're yeah. like, oh, I reckon he's got it in him because he's got that yeah. big kick. But yeah, yeah, you can see in his head he just wanted to fucking smack it through. Point absolutely, though, yeah. even before the game because we hadn't, I hadn't seen him play, and neither had Lloydie. We were just discussing like him kicking set shots because he was kicks, like kicking set shots from like 60, and mm. it was just yeah, it was exciting to watch. He's got a nice kicking technique, and I think a good set of hands. and I don't know, he's probably in a lot of keeper leagues right now that haven't been picked up. And if you've got a bench spot and you're looking to play for next year, or yeah, um, you know, probably not making finals this year, could be one Talk, to stash away. But talking about like the key forward role, though, he's only 183, like there could be room for him. In amongst those other guys, do you think it's just the way that Richard played? Which is like a Jack Rewalt role, which yeah. is what we're discussing. But mm-hmm. yeah, his set of hands were like really, yeah. really sticky. Plays hands. bigger than he plays yeah. bigger than he is. Yeah, um, Griffin Logue, who I in my head I always thought he was defender, but yeah, he's he, been playing forward a bit this year. He lined up in the ruck and oh, really? also kicked the first goal of the game. Okay, there you go. 
So, yeah, forward, forward sort of ruck roll. And I'm yeah. thinking with Rory Lobb out of the side. Um, mm, yeah. And then all these trade rumours of Lobb going at the end of the year as well. Um, Josh Tracy's one that wasn't playing, but yeah, that forward ruck role at Fremantle's obviously there's a could be a role a spot open up with yeah. with that lob trade rumor. Um, I don't know if Griffin Logue is the full time replacement for that. I'd, if I was uh, Longmuir, I'd be looking at Josh Tracy, but yeah, yeah, yeah just sure. flagged it that he was playing that forward ruck role with lob out. So um, unless they get sixty four, they might get one other person to fill that void yeah, might, for yeah, a, yeah, a million yeah. bucks potentially, depending how much money they want to dish up, yeah. but. If that does happen, though, it kind of sucks that there's another. He's in tandem with another Ruckman, though. Yeah, as yeah. in, yeah, for like the fantasy, you yeah, want yeah. him to go to West Coast for the oh, fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Even yeah. hearing yesterday, um, it was on the set of the Footy Show. And talking Damien, about Luke Jackson for any listener. That yeah, Luke Jackson. But Sorry. Damien Barrett was talking about potentially that Fremantle might even look at trading Sean Darcy if they get Jackson in because I'll need to get some salary. And space he's a Melbourne no boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's from be, Vic. It could be a mess. The Fremantle could be a mess at the end of the year with the trades. And if they want to bring in Luke Jackson, we've seen when the team is bringing massive Ruckman, what did uh, Collingwood sign Grundy on a massive Ruck deal and they screwed yeah, the whole team. They had to trade out they? Stevenson and yeah. Phillips and everyone else. So I don't know if they're going to dish up a million dollar contract or something along those lines. Just- if you're ever going to do it for a Ruck though, like this is obviously not fantasy chat, but if you're ever going to do it for a Ruck, you do it at, when he's 20, not like they did with Grundy when he's already like middle of his career kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's you get, the You get his best years. At him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on rucks as well, uh, notice that Nankervis lined up at full forward and played a pretty trash game to be honest. He was a bit yeah. of a decoy forward, yeah. Was um, he under an injury cloud? He, he has had that injury cloud, but he didn't seem to be moving very bad. Like, I thought he moved pretty well, and he did go in the ruck at times. He mm. wasn't just that Soldo was the number one ruck. Nank was playing that decoy forward. I wonder whether because they were holding Cumberland, who's not quite as tall, they used Nank as that sort of taller body down forward, even if he wasn't just to compete. But yeah, playing Rewalt, who's quite small, and Cumberland, who's quite small for key talls. I just want to touch on, this brings me to one my sob story that I didn't get to tell at the start of the show. Oh, but good. I have Nank, who, yes, scored a 44 of what's playing a lot of forward. The other guys I had in my team this week, in my keeper home league, Fucking Tim Kelly. <laughs> and, <laughs> was he a minus three at quarter time? And Patrick Dangerfield. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I had a combined 50 from two of my premium midfielders and a 44 from Nank, not to mention a guy for Collingwood that you'll touch on later who also had a 34 for me in my forward line <laughs> in Darcy Cameron. So, anyway, that's my sob story. <laughs> Those are my uh, two, two rucks in classic at the moment. So. Yeah, awful. But anyway, Soldo scored 72, had 22 hit outs and definitely played that number one role. Don't know if it's just that Tom Lynch out of the side um, and needing to play a big body up forward and Nank obviously in the injury cloud. But I've heard Ruckman speak before and when they're under an injury cloud, most of them don't want to play forward because where you do get bashed and crashed yeah. around a bit. So I'd, I'd wipe the injury cloud away from it. I'm more thinking about when Tom Lynch comes back. It might have just been to take a key key body away. And- do you think that Shawnee Das too? Maybe the Shawnee Das factor of being so huge that they don't want to just get smashed like with Soldo being more of a tap Ruckman than Nank? Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. Bit of a weird one. Yeah. Trying to think. Did Shawnee Das? He didn't really light it up. He's twenty eight hit outs and Soldo mm. had twenty two. So mm. Soldo, pretty, yeah, he played a very good game. So I had him in my notes as like standout game. And we know he's yeah. pretty young and hasn't had a crack at number one role yet. So mm. 
that's all I really had to take away. I wasn't wasn't massive fantasy takeaways yeah, yeah. from that game. That happens. It's all good. All right, so we'll move on to North Melbourne versus Hawthorne. I've got three games back to back to back here, guys. So oh, here we go. Took the Saturday shift. Uh, checkers in Melbourne. Dossie playing. Wouldn't I say playing footy loosely? Watching his team play. Watching. Uh, yeah. A bit injured at the moment, but I understand. You got to go support your boys. So it's you fine. Do. It's fine. I oh, used to always have to do that when I was injured. But anyway, um, as much as I wanted to stay home and watch footy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, North Melbourne versus Hawthorne. Um, Bailey Scott had 88 points. I'm just going to 2G4 PM. He hasn't gone the 480s in a row, but no one's going, you know, no one's leaving him on a wave wire at the moment. So he's got to be 2G4P. He looks legit like one of their best players at the moment. I'm just worried about the wing time a bit, though, because, yeah, like if he's listed as a defender, he was playing on the halfback until about three weeks ago since he came back from his injury. Since he's come back, he's been playing on the wing because Lockie Young's been carving back there and Aaron Hall's come back in that time and everything. So And Jado. And Jaden Stevenson, not so much this week, but he's back there now. You're right, he's taking it to the spot. Yeah. So, yeah, just worried about that wing time. Hopefully he just kind of, I don't know, doesn't do enough on the wing over the last six weeks to uh, get lose that back status. Hopefully they're kind and keep it there for another year. But that's the only concern because I don't like him as much as a midfielder. But as a defender at the moment, yeah, he's going awesome. Um, Lockie Young, 85 points. So I assumed he only went well when Hall was out of the side. But, you know, he's involved in a lot of that link-up play in halfback. Um, yeah, seven tackles in defense. Um, had a big last quarter as well. I think it was like a 50-point last quarter. So he's shown yeah, right. scoring power there as well. He's averaging 82 from his last three. So... He's going okay at the moment. Jeepers. So, yeah, he's, he, I think he had one up week, a down week, and then he's had two up weeks or something like that. So, yeah, I think he's even past the – oh, he's just under the um, waiver wire threshold of 65% as well. So, he'll be kind of taken after this Seven week, tackles for a key defender is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, he's not really playing as a as a key as much though because they've got okay. Core and they've got Maca – what's his name? McKay back there. Mm. Um, so, he's kind of playing that third – kind of taller running option, intercept option, but it's not really interceptor. He just gets involved in the chip around, basically, and just tackles. Um, Two weeks in a row, that eight tackles last week, seven tackles this week. Just, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good for a That's where medium defender then. Yeah. Um, Jed Anderson had 85 points, um, more time on ground this week, so up to 73, so that's another 5% on last week. But also more CBAs than last week as well. Had another five CBAs added on to his talent. It's just as simple as that, really. That's where the 85 points came on as opposed to his, what, 60-odd last week? Or was it 50? can't remember. Mm. It's pretty gross. But, yeah, more time on ground, more center bounces, more points for Jed Anderson. That's just how it works. Um, Finn McGuinness factor, Hawthorne, moving on to them now. So he's tagging someone every week. Yeah. Um, he's tagging Simpkin this week. Now, he's got St. Kilda coming up. And I think Sydney were pretty successful putting Ryan Clark on Sinclair earlier. Yeah. I reckon Sinclair is going to be the one he cops the tag. I think a few people on Twitter are saying he's going to go to Steele. But yeah, unless it's Jack Steele after he's 40. The, but I just don't see the point of tagging Steele because he's like that real contested tackler type mm. anyway. Like, he gets all his fantasy points from tackling. You know, like he gets his, and he gets his possessions from just being in that contest. Like, I don't think you're really going to negate him too much by tagging him. But someone like Sinclair, you're really going to stop a lot of runs. So I've got a feeling that they, he goes to him this week and probably going to shut that scoring down as well, which is going to suck. But um, yeah, just be wary of that. You know, just if you're thinking about putting the VC We've or C We've got a few bloody Sinclair. taggers come up late in this season, haven't we? Just popping, yeah. popping in, a lot of them ruining our captains. Type, yeah, like defensive forwards really well, going to that role. But anyway, um, Jack Gunston had 118 points, five goals. It's still a tip of the cat for me. Kays will probably still recommend picking him up every preseason because it's just a given that he makes his article at the start of the year. Pick up Jack Gunston. He's playing North Melbourne. So yeah, exactly. Just giving, giving that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking elsewhere from now on. Exactly. The North Melbourne factor is a big one. Um, now, Blake Hardwick has had some decent scores recently. Now, MP's been playing up forward. Um, Lockie Bramble was out for the season. He was back there a bit. And now Will Day, he was, well, Will Day was back in defense this week, but he was forward last week. But Will Day just could not find the footy at all. So, yeah, just a lot of chip around defense, couple solid intercepts as well. Like, he's just been solid the last few weeks. I think, yeah, MP being 
forward now is kind of the, just freed up a lot of ball for him back there. So Blake Hardwick is one that's um, scoring pretty well at the he's moment. He's also launching massive bombs, bomb <laughs> torps out of fullback. That's right. Mm. Bigger than James Sicily's. Yeah, it's all Sicily's one the other week, but uh, yeah, loves a bomb. Um, Jack Scrimshaw, like kind of like the same. He was kind of, there was a crowded back line back there, so he's kind of picked up as well since it's opened up a little bit. He had 87 points. Um, just used as a target coming out of defence as well. So I'm like, sometimes on that kind of, you know, pushing up to the wing and kind of leading back and kind of being that second kick out. So he's just had a bit more freedom back there. I think as well so he's going well now Will Day I guess if you've got to talk about him I had him chat about him just before he was back in defence and just couldn't find it but I think I'm still holding on for next year I think he just needs a solid pre-season and needs to lock down one role and stay with it I think so he's I think we're all on the same page it's, it's, it's a weird one it's a weird one it was like last week it was like Sam Mitchell will find his best spot yeah that's right and yeah, like right. ideally his best spot is down back so he did get you know moved around he did get shipped around he didn't play a great game at forward so Sam's moved him to an Trying position. to find it, it might well. take a couple of weeks for him to, to gel back into the defense. Like. Yeah, oh, yeah, like I'm riding off this year. I don't care what he scores this year. I'm actually yeah. benching him at the moment and loopholing on if yeah. he's okay. I'm with you, mate. But I think, um, I think keep the faith, Will yeah, Gay cool. long term. He's a good talent, it'll, it'll come right. Like it's just one of those weird, it's not his sophomore year, but it's like a sophomore slump. Isn't it his third year this year? Uh, yes, yes it is. but he was but he missed pretty much injury, all of last yeah. yeah, coming yeah. back yeah. off like and then a, missed the first, yeah, half of this year yeah. as well. Um, Last one, Dossie. Now, Ned Reeves, you said you wanted to see him, you know, put up a good performance against a good Ruckman. Mm. Is Goldstein, Callum Coleman-Jones good enough for you? Maybe Goldstein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good combo, though. No, nah, that is a good combo. Tough, <laughs> yeah. tough to get um, some big hit-out numbers well, against them. In fairness, yeah. he did a lot of his scoring up forward. Yeah. Kicked two goals, took a few grabs up there as well. But that's the one thing that I think was hindering him the last few weeks. So, it looked like when he was in the ruck, he was okay. He'd go forward when um, McAvoy would go back in there and he couldn't actually put up any scores. I'm just happy to see him kick a few goals and actually put up a good score. I know it's North I'd Melbourne. I'd like to get uh, Chuck's opinion on this because I don't reckon we've brought him in on this topic. Well, but what's your what's your Lynch Reeves vibe going forward? I'm a big Max Lynch fan. To the yeah. Everyone bloody is. Yeah. <laughs> Where I almost had Max Lynch in my fantasy team round one. Um, even though you, I don't think he played round one, did he? Or did he play round one? No, it was, he didn't play round one. It was a real big debate. I think two weeks out from the season, I put a tweet up and it copped a lot of heat. I, I think know. he got injured or something though, like didn't he? Right, it was before? a weird injury. It yeah. was like a yeah. burn or something. Oh, it was like a, a rash or an. No, he got a bee sting. Bee sting, and then he got concussed, and <laughs> yeah. then like yeah, yeah. It was weird he show. had a real rough run at it. But yeah. um, he got concussed twice in this. Knowing some people at Collingwood, they just couldn't speak higher of him. Like yep. that, the word coming out of Collingwood last year was Max Lynch was freakishly like Grundy, like really good around the ground, really good hit outs. Uh, he was tearing up the VFL. Yeah, he's massive had some numbers, big numbers like, in the VFL. That's why and Kays and I have been big on him. Everyone's I like, don't mind him as, from a fantasy perspective. I just not, like just watching him. He has not had the tank to keep up with an AFL game of football yet. But then he's also had that interrupted season now with the yeah. concussion, the beasting, yeah. yeah. coming to a new club. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. And then Ned Reeves is playing good footy as well. It's like, it's like you know, not great footy, but like yeah. he's putting in a good good audition yeah. to sort of that number one role. Just with Reeves, like he's had now, I think he's had four scores in his like really short career. He's had four scores above 80 and a few 70s here and there. Like in my breakout tracker where I, you know, he tracks the every player on their career rolling average against the best players in the career at the same point, the same number of games. He's above the top five rucks in the comp in terms of his fantasy scoring anyway. So he is, he's yeah. older though. He's 23. 24. Already. They're both 24, both of them. I've got 23. Oh, 23. Both 23. Okay. Yeah, maybe they have turned 24 since. But anyway, no. they're pretty similar in age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're pretty similar in age. So, um, yeah, I just it's going to be interesting. But what I'm Reeves, saying is though, your breakout trackers doesn't 
take into account age is what I'm saying. So no, they might be a, they might be tracking against. But look at the, all know. the right comp. No, no one debuts no at 18, starts, 19. Yeah, yeah, they all start late. True. So. true. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, he's up. He's up. Anyway, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, game two of three for Hef. Um, oh, I've been dying to talk about this one for ages. I'm just dying for this guy to actually do something okay. worth talking about. But Dylan Stevens, 108 points, played a very, very good game. So he was on the wing, but got back into positions where like he was just receiving the ball in the back of the contest and things like that. Had that bailout kick a lot, but then also kind of worked his way up the ground and kind of um, yeah took a few grabs on the wing. He was playing on Mitch Hinge, I think, for a lot of the day, and a little bit on Saligo as well, so... He was going okay. Um, probably needs to do a few just – if he's going to keep his spot in the team long-term, which I think he's all right for the for the short-term, but long-term he just kind of probably needs to lower the eyes a bit. He just bombs it out a bit every now and then and kind of gives it back to the opposition. But um, he's doing well enough now to keep his spot in the side. So, and yeah, just good to see him put up a fantasy ton. So I, I just remember, I think I might have had Sydney last week or the week before and I was watching the game and I was like, oh, man, he's done some really good things here. I looked at the score. I think it was two weeks ago and he yeah. had a 39 and I'm like, oh, he – like he was better than that, so it's good to see him get some reward finally because yeah. he's, he's been in the right spots. It just hasn't come out there as much he's, for him. He's also been just kind of getting up forward as well. Like he's been kicking goals, I think, last two games mm-hmm. as well. So like, yeah, just when he does go sit up forward for that short amount of time, he's up there. He's actually been effective there too, which I think's been good for his game. It was also his audition game, um, which is a popular term that I've been using. <laughs> yeah. Lloydy. yeah, yeah. He actually Lloydy woke me up on the Saturday morning to go to the pub to watch. Sydney, Adelaide, and because it was done at the same time, we're watching them yeah. split screen at the some random pub in Melbourne, <laughs> I don't know. And he goes, audition game. Watch yeah. out, Bill Stevens, before the game. So Good call. Good put call. it in his multi and it worked out all right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, next one is a guy that's been carving up for weeks now, Robbie Fox. He's so close. To, he's one week away from 2G4P now. So he had 104 points. And, yeah, Sydney just really possessing the footy, um, especially in that first half. Um, and Fox has just been a beneficiary of this. So he either receives um, from the kick-ins or gets involved in that chip around. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, his average is super low because he had a zero. I think maybe he came mm-hmm. on as a sub real late. But um, yeah, he's only one game away from 2G4P. So um, Yeah, like I mentioned yeah. it last week, it was something just really noticeable in the last couple of weeks where they are just chipping yeah. and chipping it around in that I'd back I'd love line. to chat about this one because this is, <laughs> I've got to add in my notes on Saturday and I was like, this is the hottest take I've got to bring to this podcast. Ooh. Yeah, go on. But uh, Robbie Fox, I told Lloydie about this. Obviously, we spoke about him on the podcast last week and he's mm-hmm. been racking up touches and he's got this good role and he's scoring good fantasy-wise. I was like, look, if you doing draft stars today if you put a multi on just look at Robbie Fox because he's an undervalued gem and Lloydie put him for 20 plus touches we're at the pub and he's wanting to kill me because every other leg of his multi is getting up and at half time Robbie uh, Fox on five disposals oh sorry Robbie Fox was the one that had 50 points in the last quarter wasn't it five disposals at half time I think at three quarter time he was on seven touches he needed him for 20 right so (laughs) and I uh, I go to Lloydie I look back through his stats and I go the week before Robbie Fox had 11 disposals in the last mm. quarter. Yeah, that's what it was. The week before that, he had eight disposals in the last quarter and scored half of his fantasy score in that final quarter. Yeah. So he's a last quarter specialist because in the last mm. quarter this week, he had 14 touches, 10 kicks, 51 fantasy points. The week before, 54 fantasy points in the wow. last quarter. Yeah, yeah it's that so, it's that possessing the ball to finish Jake the game. Lloyd and factor. Literally, the, I was saying, remember last week, I said he's gone to the yeah. Jake Lloyd school of spread because he yeah. just runs back and forth getting these plus sixes. Absolutely. I love it. And so many marks. Like, it's and such just a weird- kicks I, and marks. I never- I'd, I'd written him off as a fantasy prospect and he's he's come good. Yeah, sorry, I got mixed up there because no, they're similar type of players. It's <laughs> also concerning well. though because like Jake Lloyd is Jake Lloyd. He's so good. Mm. Robbie Fox isn't Jake Lloyd and sometimes players who just rack up in the last quarter 
you got to be really good to do it consistently, yeah. like a Doherty or a Jake Lloyd. Robbie Fox is he's still breaking <laughs> out. Even we haven't seen this consistently, and I'm yeah. very worried that maybe one week he just doesn't have 15, 14 marks and you know 10, 10 yeah. kicks in the last quarter. And he's he gets, been a lot more locked down like when he's previously paid as well because so he was on like, eight disposals at three quarter time. Yeah, he could have very easily yeah. ended up with like a ten touch game and a fifty score. Like yeah, just loves getting involved in the end. He's been one of the best late season waiver pickups. Like you don't usually find someone this late in the season that's like going to really help you in your finals campaign. And he's come in round 15 and been one of these guys. Yeah. Um, we'll move on. Uh, Tom Hickey, he was back in the rucks. who had 88 points. Flagged this last week, essentially, with um, uh, Laddams out injured. He was going to go okay. But, um, yeah, not much not much more to report on that one. Justin McInerney had 86 points. It really was a winger's game. Stevens was good as well. And Mills was on the wing a lot too, and he was good. Um and Saligo was good for the Crows. So it really just was a yeah, just a game where the ball was moved along the wings a lot. Um, but yeah, Justin McInerney moved the ball forward, found a bit of it himself, so he was good. Um, Sam Reid had those 13 hitouts. So every time he does that, he kind of boosts his score from like a high 60s game to an 80s game. So that ruck forward role kind of works for him. Seems to pop up like this every second week. So he's one you should be considering in your forward line. Ryan Clark is a pain in the ass for the most part, although he wasn't too bad this week. But he had 82 points himself. Had that defensive role on Dawson early, but then Dawson went forward and just got away from him. So, oh. um, But he just tackled all day, had seven uh, tackles, uh, kicked the goal too. And then Dawson ended up getting a ton because he wasn't just playing defense anymore. So, um, yeah, but yeah. Clark put up a good score himself, so not one I like though because he's gonna have to play very defensive a few every now and he's then. Done but, it occasionally, yeah. tagging tag, has a very high tackle numbers and yeah. puts up a good score, but Correct. it's hard to do that consistently. Like. Absolutely, he's like a knee, he's also well, not kneeful these days, but he's also like generally a VFL pick. Yeah. He, doesn't he get like those midfield roles in there? Yeah, and he like actually thirty just touches and fifteen up. tackles, and then he always has to tag yeah. when he goes up. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the Crows Jack Saligo had 75 points um, he was on Mills for a lot of the game so he was fine just um, no inside time this week but sold in the wing he's going to have a fantasy game in the future especially if he can get a bit more inside time like he's been flagged to have we talk about him every week I think now Harry Schoenberg boys so 63 points now he's been disappointing for some this season not me I expected this completely I'm Harry Schoenberg flagged for ages he's no good but <laughs> had a fair bit of midfield time in this game uh, 16 CBAs still low time on ground seems to get himself into trouble a lot like he just his awareness he, he seems to just get like get the ball in his hands and get tackled straight away type thing um, what do you guys think do you still hold on hope for Harry Schoenberg I think he's like one good like Barry's obviously gone miles ahead of him I think if Crows kind of go midfield heavy in a draft, he's going to struggle in the future. Yeah, what Mac, do you Matt Crouch probably on the way out. I don't think we see Roy Sloan come back. So you well, just we'll see got Matt to hold Crouch him out like, now, and like he's yeah, not doing much. With but like that. Harry Schoenberg just needs another good preseason. Really, like I think you can write off this year, and he's not going to dish up anything left in twenty twenty two. But yeah, just on the back end of one, last season where he was given all the time in the midfield, a season where he just like has a full preseason, and they go, mate, you've really got to take charge of your career. Like this is your chance to play. You know, our best midfield slot. We've traded Crouch. We've got Sloan out. We need you to stand up. Sometimes it just clicks. A penny drops for players like that. But it, it's just, so. yeah, it's been just a disappointing year in the sense that he, yeah, finished last year so strong. And then this year, I, I had more higher hopes than you. I think Hef, by the sounds of things, I no, still, um, yeah. and I still, I still hold faith. I, um, I don't have no forward. doubts he'll be an okay player if he gets a good but run. Like of you said, fantasy if, wise, um, that's where I'm. Like you said, it just about. probably depends on if they want to push Saligo in there and like guys like Rochelle, if they move into there a bit earlier than yeah. expected, then he might be in trouble to hold that spot. And then, yeah, if they go, as early, a pure midfielder. If they go early on midfielders, like it feels like they will, 
next year. But anyway, um, Rolly Thielthorpe had 37 points anyway. He's taken out of the ruck this week, which was weird because last week they said he was going to be used more in the ruck okay. leading to the end of the season. But um, I think his CBAs were low again. Did some rucking around the ground, of course. But yeah, CBAs were low. So um, opted with, I think Rob had the most CBAs or second most CBAs for the Crows. So yeah, it just kind of took him out of there a bit, which yeah. Rob was also slaying it. Yeah, really true. Game. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, he had like 50 hit outs or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just because they said 51, that. yeah. Far yeah. Out. They just said they were going to use him more. And, they and then I, I'm not sure if, I don't, did we ever find out what his injury was last week that he was carrying? It might have been, I thought it was an ankle or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it might just, right. honestly, yeah, it might right. just he be could. matchup based though with Thilthorpe. Yeah, like check, they've no, got Hickey, is right. They, they did, he did cop an injury real late, didn't he? So oh, Thilthorpe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about on the cautious side. Yeah, that's true. That could have been happening. Um, didn't fact that one in. But anyway, that's it for that game. I'll go into my third game. I'm going to put my feet up. I might actually leave the room after I've done my games, boys. I'm going to leave you guys to it. But anyway. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Um, Aliyah Aliyah, tip of the cap, 102 points, 11 marks in defence. That'll, that'll do it. But yeah, not one you want in your side. Um, I guess week in, week out. Charlie Dixon though 94 points um, rucking forward but mainly forward this week and actually took some grabs up forward so and keep a couple of snags too um, the seven hit outs helped him there the thing is like Bryn Teagle was back this week but it was really like the forward kind of work that kind of got him his fantasy points anyway so if he can stand up over the last few rounds take a few grabs kick a few goals he might maintain this average um, that he's been you know been racking up since he's gone into the ruck so yeah um Jeremy Finlayson, though, he had 81 points. And, you know, he's actually doing okay on the ruck, but I reckon Teekle's probably going to come back this week. So, Wait, Did he be... play Sample? Yeah, he did. Okay. So, and, up. and, well, Port Magpies had a win for the first or second time this year or something like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how he went, but, you know, it must have been all right if they actually won a game. Miles um, Bergman, again, we should almost TG4P this guy. <laughs> this is not quiet, but 75 points. Take that from a young player week in, week out. On that wing again going to be a superstar breakout candidate next year I reckon so goes from there Bryn Teagle had 16 disposals 5 marks 2 clearances doesn't show the hit outs here but yeah. 81 ranking points I got a, yeah because they, they played um, Hayes as well and I think Hayes was oh, named number too. one ruck and I yeah, think they did too. Bryn Teagle was named up forward so I'm not really sure what the guy was there but mm. um, I reckon he would have had a run but yeah they the did. other thing is when Teagle played that game he was playing some forward time too yeah. so like mm. that might be good for Dixon in what you said that he was playing good at forward yeah. Yeah, could, st- could still get like the similar amount of ruck minutes that he's getting yeah yeah, or it could be a rotation with Finlayson, really, as well. So, we'll wait and see. Um, we did Miles Bergman. Jace Bergwijn had 64 points. Um, from memory, he had 50 points in the first half, I think it was. Yeah, he was tearing up yeah, the first half. Yeah, just went slow in the second half. But, uh, yeah, showing some good fantasy signs. He had five tackles, and there was like a passage play where he had three tackles in a row or something like that. So, just doing the right things to show you can build a fantasy score here and there. So, um, yeah, looks like he's got the game. It might just take two or three years to get there, but yeah. I think he's... I'm a fan. Kind of, well, Peter Bergwijn wasn't the worst fantasy scorer either. I just don't, I'd owned him in... in one year and he was fine so mm. yeah um, yeah I'm happy he's a teenager so plenty of yeah, plenty of time absolutely. to grow um, oh and he's, the, he's one of our TikTok followers as well so Ooh, okay, Jace. <laughs> it's good tagging him and stuff because it goes off generally um, Grime Myers uh, 78 points now this is moving on to Geelong now now Dossie I think you and Kay's and me a little bit but no, not, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to say that I Come on, was mate. right but, uh, you guys well I just didn't know enough about him Um you guys were pretty keen on him moving to the midfield at some stage. Is that correct? Who's this? You haven't... Grime Myers. Oh, Grime. Yeah. Uh, oh. I was that just Case? It might have been. I Yeah, I mean, I'll, no, I don't think it was me. No, nah, it must have been Case. I, I think as a junior, mm. as a junior, he was playing a fair bit of midfield. So, I think okay. Case was the point. Oh, no. Do you guys think he's ever going to be more than that kind of small forward? He scored 78 points on the weekend, so he scored okay. But did he play in the guts, did he? 
No, they didn't. Oh, but I'm just saying, no. like, Kays was always seen him off the halfback flank on yeah. the wing and up forward. I don't yeah. think he ever go in the middle, though. Yeah. I think he could fit Geelong. Yeah, sort of I mean, yeah. but I don't know. You, you do see some things happen. Like, I mean, look at, for instance, like a Zach Fisher this year playing, you know, as a midfielder more as a junior and he's finally got his chance. Yeah. Um, it's possible, but I don't, it's, it would happen in the next couple of years when these, uh, when the yeah. thirty-three point danger fields of the world <laughs> move out of there, <laughs> I know Geelong are weird. But what I feel happened like- with that, by the way? Just can you just what uh, happened? I just I don't know. He was he yeah, just couldn't find it, and then he was when he did get it, he was woeful with it as well. They like, got a win, and, and Selwood and Dangerfield barely had it. It's like yeah. so rare. Yeah, like, you know, well, Port are very hard to score against, but yeah, I don't know. He just couldn't find the footy, and when he did, he just didn't do anything good with it either. I'd like to see a super coach score because I reckon that'd be pretty atrocious as well. Who's that for? Dangerfield, twenty-four super yeah, coach. There you go. Um, Max Holmes, um, seventy-two points. He's fieldable in the F um, four five position. He's going to lose forward status though. That's the issue with him. But you know, he might be one of the future that wants a few of those older players. Clear he's the out. guy that will move inside. Yeah, like he's playing wing at the moment, right? Yeah, but he he'll move. Yep. He'll move inside because he can tackle. Yep. Um, Brad Close basically he looks. He just looks small, but he'll 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 fill out. He's I so reckon. zippy. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm just going to keep bringing up Damien Barry. Damien Barry gave him a massive rap on the Sunday footy show being like Brad Close coming age year really playing some good footy last like five six weeks is that the Sunday footy show you were in the studio for yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's just because I had literally for the first time I'm normally asleep for that time slot on a Sunday morning but yeah. I like probably these days when I was a bit younger I was watching every week but yeah yeah, um, yeah I watched the whole episode and was sitting there listening to everything they said but yeah. I just looked at his stats he had seven score involvements and he's sort of playing that high half forward and I think in my head I'm thinking like they need someone zippy and someone a bit smaller to sort of do those sort of shy Bolton type type movements. You know, he reminds me a lot of him. Mm. Yeah. That he can kick a goal, but he can also play higher up the ground and be involved in those passages of play that create a score involvement. Like, yeah. He's a mature age player, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he's about 23, 24 now. Yeah, because it, like, you know, technically his third year, third year breakout despite, you know, being a bit older. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Do you reckon? I, th- I still see there's plenty of growth in his fantasy game because he, he does, like you say, um, He's just got that something about him that just goes goes about it well and gets up the ground and maybe he's the one that could push inside a bit more. Have we moved on to close? Is that what's happened? Are we talking about Holmes still? Close. Yeah, close. I was going to say, okay, yeah. we got real confused then because I don't think I'm, I forgot I'd moved on. But um, yes, no, Those I agree with no, that. He's stuck to his notes. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure what you are talking about because I hadn't mentioned close yet, that's all. Um, or had I? I don't remember. But anyway, um, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost it. Oh, he's Sorry. lost the plot. Yeah, he's already to, ready to clock off. Yeah. I went back to Holmes and then uh, you guys started talking about Close because I said he wasn't big enough or something like we're that. You were talking about Brad Close and you went on this segment about the footy show and talking about Brad Close. Yeah, no, don't worry. You missed. Okay. You completely weren't listening to what I was saying. I went back to Close, Holmes saying he wasn't big enough and then we started talking about Close again and I really got really crossed over there. Right, move on, mate. Anyway, um, Reece Stanley, uh, he got injured. So Shannon Neal was on the sub, like on the bench, which was kind of weird to have a Ruckman there ready to go. But um, do we see a bump for Blitzars going back in the ruck, or do we see Segler actually come into the side now? So he's at 119 and 71 in the VFL. Tommy Stewart suspension. It ends this week. You well, say he's back in. That would be good for um, Blitzars playing in the ruck. Because yeah. I was going to say, if Tommy yeah. Stewart was still out, 
they're going to need him down back or playing that but sort of still, like, Since he's been out, though, Blitzars has still been rotating. Like He's been on a wing because I watched them last week had that game. He was on the wing basically for the whole game or for at least half the game as well. So, but I guess Tom Stewart does play that role too. But so, it, it, free, yeah. it frees up him to go into the rock. It's just like yeah, oh, we, they can we've do got it. the intercept marker yeah. down back. Now we can sort of like, I think, I think yeah. it'll be matchup dependent now. I mean, they've got the Bulldogs this week, you'd think, versus Tim English. They just go with, go with Blitzars, I think. But if it's like after that... Have they got the Saints? That's when you probably see if if Stanley's not right to go by then. Yeah, that they'll they'll bring back in a big ruckman. That's what I would suggest. It's yeah. going to be matchup. Maybe that Roman Marshall didn't because really Segler. They're surely going to give him a shot before the end of the year. Yeah, I would and bring him to finals. Like, they brought him in. To, I reckon they brought him in the start of the year. And they were pretty keen to play him. It's just yeah, the injuries yeah, kind exactly. of hit. And you want yeah. to kind of bring him in before finals if you wouldn't can. surprise me if he gets a gig. Yeah. yeah, I've got him on the bench in one of my leagues, and I think I've got Paddy Ryder as my number one ruck, which isn't too good at the no. moment. So <laughs> I hope Segler does come in. Um, just the port factor as well. Just you know, just think about it when you're playing or streaming guys against Port Adelaide. So Cam Guthrie seventy four. He's been killing it lately. Then we talked about Danger thirty three, Selwood forty six, Zach Guthrie twenty. So no good there. So with us, Stuart coming back to in the best week. happens to all the all the greats. <laughs> but like no, your Dangerfield, your Selwoods. It so. happens at everyone, especially defenders against Port. Like they're the hardest team to score against. So, mm. but anyway, I'm done for the night. I'll see you boys later. Uh, <laughs> Brisbane versus Gold Coast with Dos. Let's go. Alrighty, let's get into some exciting players. Was a pretty good game this one actually for for most part. I think the last quarter the the Lions just ran away with it, but just a couple of players on the Gold Coast side. I think we've been waiting for this debut for some time, especially in our classic teams. Elijah Hollands. Um, don't know if you guys have heard that name before, but he's certainly been on the radar. No, never. Of our never keeper of teams and our classic teams. I wrote an article about him at the start of the year. Yeah, actually. I think <laughs> we thought he was coming in a lot earlier. I think, but look. Obviously, Stewie Dews had him in the twos. They, he mentioned at the start of the year, he didn't really get our hopes up too much. He said he's going to give him some time and, and you know let him develop. He's a guy coming off an injury um, from last year. I think he miss, missed all of last year with the ACL. Uh, he's come in flying in the preseason, looking really good. But Stewie reckoned his body just needed some work. Coming in this one, he looked, you know, he looked like he's put on some muscle. He's, he's pretty well built now. Pretty good size too, but he scored 64 points, was in a wing rotation. Um, his numbers weren't amazing, but honestly, the wings weren't really used a stack, for, especially for the Suns' game plan. They just don't really use their wings too much. Um, so, he really showed some signs, kicked two goals in the first half, could have had a third in the third quarter as well. And one thing I'll notice, he loves running forward on the wing. Like, as you can notice, he got two marks inside 50, or three marks inside 50, I think, to kick those those couple of goals. Didn't see much running the other way, though. Quite a bit of forward running. Um, but, yeah, he's 20 years old. Looks to ha- looks to come in and make an immediate impact. And to me, he took he's taken a wing role. And I think for the next couple of weeks, especially given the Suns are now out of that finals race, they're going to just play him every week here. We'll get a good look at him, I think. Yeah, I didn't see the game at all. Um, mm. So, so one on thing your- he stepped in front of was uh, Jeremy Sharp's wing wing time in this game. So um, only the seventy percent time on ground for Jeremy Sharp. Thirty nine points, eight touches. Started awesome, but just barely sided after that. And then late in the game, so just for a bit of context as well, Jack Lacocious started forward. So I remember we talked about him last week, being like, "Thank God they've moved him into a spot on the halfback yeah, where he can back. finally rack up." <laughs> um, yep, Stewie, vintage Stewie, moved him back forward, and then. I think it was late in the third quarter. I saw him sneak up back onto a wing 
uh, and he delivered two straight away inside 50 to, you know, a couple of marks. And it was just like, okay, well, look look where you got to use. you got to use him behind the ball more. Um, but what happened then was basically Jeremy Sharp was, you know, he, he's. I think we'll see him get dropped again this week. So. Oh, that sucks. Elijah Hollands, though, worth worth a stash, I think, going forward. Rory Atkins moved onto the half-back line in this game. So, with Lukosius moving forward, they slotted in Rory Atkins back there. And, and you look at the gap that they've had since Lockie Weller went down. It's been a real something that they've been struggling with. They don't have Weller. They don't have Butterick, who was probably the guy that was going to replace him. Rory Atkins, super low time on ground. So, I don't know what's going on there. 67%. 21 disposals, seven marks, had a heap of meters gained, was just absolutely slutting around getting plus sixes back there too. I had this in my notes. He actually well. played well. He played, he played well. a really good role. Yeah. And he used to do some crows a bit as well. He used to play that defensive wing role, maybe more off the halfback flank. Mm. But yeah, he had 21 disposals, 15 kicks. It was a lot of yeah. that, like kick kick out of defense. That like Lockie Weller that we saw at the start of the year in the preseason, taking a lot of kicks out of defense. Not yep. even just kick out, just that back no, pocket type yeah. kick down the wing and yeah, I don't know. I've, I never knew Rory Atkins is like a great disposal user, but he was using the ball well. And he he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's just else? a player that, like, though I've seen glimpses so often, like when he yeah. was at the Crows and stuff like that. And I think one year he had back status, and I was like, "This is fucking juice" because he's going to play on the wing. Yeah. And then he just stunk it up for the whole year. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not that super enticing, but at this time of the year when you're looking for something, like I dabble in, I dabble in over pickup. Yeah, it might not scrape into next year because you will get Weller back, or you, you know, yeah. But if you yeah, if, if you season. just scrape in the barrel trying to find someone he scored what 70 odd on the weekend 73 low, low, low time on ground if that yeah. goes up a little bit that could become like a high 80 90 yeah. score which could be very handy for finals and while I was leagues. saying while we were saying he was getting some cheap stuff but it wasn't all cheap as well like there was a lot of really positive signs of him driving the ball forward so the other thing with Atkins is um, it reminds me of it, like if he was to play that back pocket role his whole game at the Crows was like speed and running all day he's like a massive yeah. like athletics well that's why it was weird low time on ground and I'm thinking me. in my yeah. head like Aaron Hall sort of that one two like running out of defence if he was using the by foot a lot imagine if you saw Rory Atkins this week come out and start getting more confidence you know running down the wings and using that sort of like Trying to think who does it. Nick Dacos did it a lot on the weekend and mm. Aaron Hall does it a lot and Jaden Short does it a lot using that like leg speed to sort of push out a defense as well. Yeah. No, I'm loving it. I, I, I dabble in a pickup for sure. All right. Some other players on the uh, Brisbane side was the barometer again. He, he came off a 90-odd last week, um, had 73 points, but had like 20 center bounce attendances again, kicked a couple of goals, including one to drive at the start of the third quarter. He, oh, he loved that, the celebration. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, he only had the 18 touches. Um, he was sitting alongside Took Miller and I initially thought it was going to be a tag, but um, no, nah, it was... It was they both kind of just let each other so go. Just go back to that celebration. It was like a, he yeah. marked it and almost did like a sun god pose yeah. and then kicked it and did like, I don't know, it was, it was kind of half bow and arrow, half shotgun. <laughs> I don't really know what it was. but it was I love it. I love it. Uh, full beast mode, but yeah, I mean- <laughs> He's a strange cat, isn't he? Yeah. And consi- considering no no line turned up in this game, like 73 points isn't, isn't a terrible score. And if he continues to have the role, who, who's missing that they're- at the midfield, I don't because they had Barry back this week. I don't and, think, and Zorko played. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone missing. So you know, I don't yeah. know. Eight contested possessions, only three clearances, but you know, he, yeah. he's probably picked up after last week's performance anyway. But if he's still available, go ahead. And I just had Charlie Cameron for ninety-eight points when he scored three snags. I think it was. But I was just remembering last year when we were talking late season in your keeper leagues and stuff. Charlie Cameron sat on the wire for most of the year. The end of the season. So, he hasn't scored over 90 in since round six, right? 
but I was remembering last year and I want to go back and look and see if I was right. Okay. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> so, from round 21 last year, he did have some easy matchups, but this is his run home last year. 98, 96, 97, 90, 90, 81. That's including finals. I just reckon maybe he he ramps it up at this time of year. So, I'd, I'd also just consider a Charlie Cameron. See see what their runs like. I don't I don't know if they've got a super friendly run home, but I don't mind a bit of Charlie Cameron action. He's one of I think always. he just tur- he starts turning it up at this time of year. Starts kicking his goals. Starts tackling. He had eight tackles, I think. Yeah. So he he sort of just bides his time during the regular season and comes home firing. Yeah, he's one I've always picked up year in year out, real late because he's just the best. Well, a great loophole option because like Brisbane get a lot of Saturday night games. So you've got you know quite a few players you can still loop on from Sunday. And then, like, if he kicks four or five, he's scored you a 90 and mm. you can loop him on. This year, Kay's took him before I could. But he's been mine for, like, the last three years. So, yeah. he's stolen my idea. And he's been actually – Kay's actually looped him on a few times as well for some of his bigger scores as well. So I'm keen to see yeah. the run home and see if it is comes to fruition that he's just ramping up for uh, being the September specialist. Okay. What have I got? That's it for that game, I reckon. Uh, Daniel Rich did get concussed late. So, is Kitty Coleman back next week? Because he's going to get another fantastic run. I think so. I'm not run. even sure why he's going to have another There was an injury, but no, I didn't see any news on it. Yeah. They, they look to miss him when he's out, like his drive off half back. He's the next. Yeah. can't remember who called it earlier. You know, I reckon it was Cam from the draft doctors was pretty high on Kitty Coleman and I just didn't see it early. And then the role change kicked in and yeah, he's, yeah. Been, he's been immense. In the preseason, it looked like he was every chance of going big this year, but then mm. he got injured. So yeah. that was the difference. Yeah. Everyone was on him. I think everyone had him in their classic sides early. But yeah. yeah. Anyway. To say hamstring soreness for Kitty Coleman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he could be back. Who knows? Yeah. All right, let's move on to another cracker, Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne with checkers. Yep, uh, this is a good one. Melbourne kicked away early, and I'm just going to note, he didn't score the most points on ground, and he probably didn't even light up anyone's phones or anything, but I had Tommy Sparrow down at halftime in, like, very bold text. <laughs> yeah, you actually just sent that to me in a message, Tom Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was <laughs> next. That was the most next-level game I've ever seen from a player. Like, he, he was best on ground for me at halftime. Yeah, and I think then, he did had a 75 or something at the end, didn't he? he? Had, so, he was on 58 at halftime. He finished yeah. on 78. Yeah. But, um, so, I'm trying to think. He kicked a goal in the first half. He saw, like, 17 CBAs over the game on that low time on ground. Sorry, uh, I didn't mention his time on ground, but I think he... I'll yeah, 65. 65% time on ground. And I think after halftime, he might have gone on the... Like, his time on ground went down because he was in the centre bounce pretty much every centre bounce mm. for the first half. Yeah, right. Um, that happened then, a few weeks ago when Oliver was out, but that's naturally we thought and then just Oliver was out. In the first half, Demons were also dominating the game. So I'm not going to say that Thomas Barrow was the result of that, but he was playing great footy in the time that Demons were, were dominating the game. Um, kicked a goal, he was tackling. And then I also noticed he was manning up on Jack McRae at every centre bounce in the second quarter because mm. McRae had a fairly good first quarter. And then Tommy Sparrow was sort of like, not not tagging, but putting a lot of heat on McRae. And he was doing a very good job of it. So, I'd, yeah, I put it down in my notes. Thomas Sparrow never really looked at him overly. I've never never thought he'd be, like, a fantastic fantasy potential player. But, like, he reminded me of, like, Jack Viney. And he had the – looked great, great game. Like, that first half. He's been the a keeper league favourite, old yeah. Tommy Sparrow, just because he's got that forward status still yeah. at the moment. Does he – does he? He'll keep it, won't he? Because he's playing enough. No, I don't think so. It's just you the fact he's just, he was just, matching it. Yeah. Been like bench and midfield. Yes, yeah, low time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, the fact he was right. matching it with Jack McRae, and he was seeing just about every CBA with Oliver Petrarca and Viney in the side. Yeah. In that first half, uh, half time, like, I had his name that far underlined. I was like, this guy's going to have a <laughs> massive year next year. Like just for classic, my, my personally, I was like, yeah. 
put a you know put you a do huge, love a pod. You, you do, do love a, a huge pod. tracker on this guy's <laughs> preseason. Yeah. Um, Ed Richards probably the one that everyone's looking at because he scored 106. Had a 69 point second half. Caleb Daniel out of the side. Adam Trelaw yeah. was playing off the halfback flank as well. And Adam Trelaw was tearing up. He's probably played one of the best games he's played for the Bulldogs in a while until he did it. I think it was a hamstring calf. or a calf. Yeah. yeah. Um, and got subbed out. So I don't know where, how far Daniel is from coming back. But return, likely return this week. This week. But so then Trelaw is also likely going to miss. So that yeah. role could still be there for Ed Richards to be that slot off the halfback flank. That but Trelaw's not no certainty to miss as well because he's had a few issues. Like he got subbed out real late. Two weeks ago as well. They reckon he's just like been tight and stuff. Like so, yeah. I remember. I can't remember. Was talking about it. Too. I think it was actually on the traders. But apparently, he's no certainty to miss again because. And oh, Luke Beveridge actually said as well. Like they just said, "Oh, he's just tight. We don't really know what's going on, but we just keep monitoring it." So yeah. Well, yeah. Edridge has played that captain role. He was everywhere. He was doing everything. You know, rebounded from defense. So 106. Yeah. I think future. He's like got a huge fantasy future. Yeah. Just it's just needs- it's just finding that role, yeah. isn't it? He's he's always played good games when he's got the role. Yeah. But then we're always worried about like, oh, this player's going to take his role. Or, you know, he's going to get shifted because of this. Or Beveridge is going to play him somewhere differently. Or he's going to play lockdown. And yeah. he played that role that we wanted to see, and he and he yeah. nailed it with 100 100 plus game points. I can't so. remember who was talking about it, but there was someone earlier in the season saying there was a bit of a cap squeeze at the dogs and I think it was they were going to get rid of one of Bailey Dale or Daniel or yeah, I think they were going to keep Richard so like there could be a spot opening up for him a bit more next season well they've re-signed so. Daniel so it was Daniel so it might be Bailey Dale might be the one but then shopping around maybe. Bailey Dale's all Australian so I can't imagine he's yeah. <laughs> on now but yeah they re-signed both anyway but yeah, yeah. Um, Mitch Hannon scored 68 and he was playing an almost similar role he's more more up the ground on the wing but he was also playing a fair bit of that <laughs> rebound role um, seen him play like deep forward in the past, but yeah, he was he did some nice things out of defence. So don't know if Trelaw misses, if Daniel doesn't get up, then I'd probably put a big circle around his name for this week. Absolutely, because um, that there's that same sort of rebound role, and I think it's something Mitch Hannon can do quite well. I uh, had sorry, <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll fill the time by saying Bailey Dale and Caleb Daniel both resigned this year. Bailey Dale for five years. Caleb yeah, Daniel okay. for four. Must have been early on in the season, yeah. but yeah, they were yeah. talking about getting rid of one of them. And Richards, I think, runs out at the end of 2023, though. Okay. Yeah, so that might be, he might be the one that... Um, yeah. I just had also my notes. So, for this game, we're talking Melbourne and Western Bulldogs, which is like, I think most most teams, are, most classic teams will be running with a lot of these types of players. As all the premium players come from Bulldogs in Melbourne. We're talking Max Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver, Bolden Pelly, Bailey Smith. You could list probably 15 players that yeah. could all be premium players. So to find a keeper league or a point of difference or a... It's tough. It's a tough <laughs> yeah, game. that's fair enough. No, so there wasn't a lot, of, but Ed Richards was a standout. Tommy Sparrow was a standout. I just want to say Jamari Eagle Hagen kicked yeah. five goals. Only scored 70 points. and 77? 77. I, I've got high hopes for him now. <laughs> he played a great yeah. game. He had some yeah. very sticky hands, took some good grabs, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be a fantasy potential player. Yeah, the thing, he just doesn't look like that classic key forward though, like the one that kind of, you know, yep. just a big unit, sits in front of goals, has five kicks, kick five goals. He could have some games where he does tear it up. Now, look, I don't want to say Buzz Dossier oh, for this one, but I was light years ahead of the comp, Hef, picking him with my first pick <laughs> in uh, last, last year's last redraft year. keeper leagues. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, did you t- keep him time in and time again. No, I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, time and time again, though, you see number one picks be the best fantasy players as well. It's a it's a trajectory like, thing. Like Paddy McCartan? Um, well, look, he's coming good now. Who's the other one? Cam uh, Rayner? It's coming uh, all right. <laughs> they're all coming good. Uh, Tom, nah, Bo- was I, Tom Boyd number one? Josh, I, Josh I, I agree with you, though, because when, when his game style is much more of the Charlie Kerno type, 
get up the ground, I think, long term than it is stay at home forward. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Josh Bruce had two touches again, and I think he had three touches last week. Norton and Waitman kicked two goals each, but I had in my notes that they did some really gross things as well. So it was like it was very lucky that um, Jamari Uwagen stepped up because the dogs' forward line was such a mess all game. <laughs> it was like having Joshy Bruce just standing there, just filling space, but not doing anything was really frustrating to watch. Yeah, right. might have helped old Oogles get free though, having Maybe. that extra. Having that extra forward. All right. Well, if that's it from that game, we'll move on to Western Bulldogs. Sorry, we just did that. Carlton versus GWS with Dossie. Carlton versus the G-Dubs. We had the return of Big Brucey again. <laughs> Can I still mention him? No, we- he's 2G. But he misses every second week. Yeah, he's still 2G. <laughs> All right. Well, um, he scored a ton despite having Briggsy in the side. So, safe to say when he's the number one, he's the dominant one. Um be interesting what they do long term though if you've got a Flynn or a Briggs um, whether they're still just relevant every second week when when Prusy goes down you definitely want to be handcuffing those guys going into the future minus for that one um, player of note I didn't check CBAs on this one yet but I'm pretty sure Zach Fisher was playing inside midfield in the absence of George Hewitt I think it was in the teens from memory but I can't remember I didn't actually watch this might game. have been Matt Kennedy then that stepped up but yeah Matt, well Matt Kennedy did a big fantasy score but uh yeah, yeah. Narzisha only had the nine. So early yeah. on, it looked like he was replacing him, but no, it wasn't to be. Um, the other player that was notable. Look, we keep hoping for we keep hoping for some defensive status for Cal Ward to come through for <laughs> for his capability going into next year. I think it was eighteen center bounces. He actually started forward yeah, on, on Adam Saad, but he didn't stay there. He went there for like two minutes, and then Saad just started dominating yeah. anyway. Um, so yeah, I just think unfortunately he's it's gonna be such a hard keep, but you might want to still look at him next year um, to pick him back up as that defender eligible if they decide to roll him there. Um, another player on the Carlton side was a guy that I've had a bit of a crush on for a long time, and that's Will Setterfield. Finally, uh, got a ton on the scoreboard in this one. Was playing on a wing, so he managed to get back in the side in this game. I think they probably pushed Chera and, like I said, Zisha inside a bit more in the absence of Hewitt, managed to squeeze in Will Setterfield. But is this? Is, it feels like it's kind of like his last chance at AFL. He's been crushed by just opportunity, eh? Because yeah. I think at his best, he's like got everything to be in the makings of a Bondempelli or a Fife. He's got 190 <laughs> centimetres yeah. plus. Big body. Kicks goals. In his junior career, he was sort of clearance type player. And when he came to Carlton from GWS, he was just so talked up as well. That's what they like, were hoping yeah. for. But then he's been penned with a tagging role. He's been penned on the wing. He's been playing up forward. He's been playing defensive lockdown mm. forward. He's been His role has been so shot. And then now you've got the emergence of George Hewitt, Chera, Crips, Walsh, this, how does he break into that midfield and become yeah. that Bondapelli type player? He's going to have to forge his own on the wing or the yep. half forward flank, which isn't a fantasy friendly type game. It isn't the game no. that he was as a junior. Managed big game in this one though. So pos- positive signs, 24 touches, eight marks, tons up. Does he hold the role when, when the cavalry's back? I mean, there's talk that it's a Hewitt's a back injury, so might stay out for a little bit what longer. What was his actual role though? Was he inside? He played wing. Yeah, so, but yeah. he's been wing like for the last two years. And the eight yeah, marks know, might have just contributed to the ton, I think. Yeah. Maybe just GWS, reasonable, easy matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not getting my hopes up, but yeah, he pops up every now and then. But tip of the cap. Tip of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> midfield, midfield uh, roles tough to t- tough to bring in. Yeah. And finally, just a little story. Now, if there's any other players you want to talk about, let me know. But just a little story on, I was telling you guys pre-show 
that I kept thinking for the last like month. I'm like, why is everyone booing Adam Saad? I'm like, this guy's a bloody awesome player. And every time he gets it, there seems to be a boo from the crowd. Like, what is going on? And then they started talking about on the broadcast about it being like a wolf. And I started listening closely and it's literally every time the ball goes on his foot, the crowd yells out wolf. And it's like, it's like this history thing with Carlton. So, so do Google it, but no, I just was happy to know that he wasn't getting booed. So, um, is there any story behind the wolf? It's the wolf. Okay. Let's look it up. This is the top, top, uh, top story here. The wolf is one of Carlton's great modern traditions. (laughs) It involves the crowd deep throating the word wolf. Woof, it's W-O-O-F. Yeah, yeah. At the instant of kicking by certain select individuals over the years. Originally instituted for former Saint Val Perovich, the woof has become a Carlton catch cry. Okay. So there's literally Sam a list of the guy. there's literally a list of players. So from eighty one to eighty five it was this guy, Val Perovich. Yeah. The mid nineties was Ang Christu. Ang Christu, yeah. And okay. O five, oh six was Chris Bryan and then 2022, Adam Saad, question mark. (laughs) He's definitely got the wolf because, like I said, I thought he was getting booed for weeks. I'm like, what the hell's with this? That's a good good little tidbit there. I like like stuff like that. Well, the broadcast picked up and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I Googled it and there we go. All right, cool. All right, let's move on to Collingwood versus Essendon. Check another barnstormer game that you went to. Uh, Talk us through what you saw fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise. Oh, it was a shocker, wasn't it? Collingwood, no one scored over 100. Nah, but there were some good signs. There were some really good signs here. So... Collingwood kicked, what, six goals straight or something, and it was pretty dangerous signs for Essendon. And then I think Essendon kicked eight goals to one. So it was, a, it was all over the shop. So if you really want to watch back through the game, just turn straight to the last quarter, the last 10 minutes. Because <laughs> yeah. the rest of the game was just... It was just I was like just watching... I, I unfortunately didn't get to see any It was all one-sided Collingwood, then it was all and one-sided Essendon. The and then the, the last 10 minutes is when it really heats up. So um, the note I'll put in before I go through any scores is just that last quarter. So Collingwood had, were down by four goals, kicked four goals probably the last 10 minutes of that last quarter. And they had a s- strong crowd. I'm talking like 75,000 Collingwood fans, home game, MCG, cheering them home. So you can imagine that first goal back, you know, the cheer was pretty loud. But imagine that when Jamie Elliott took the mark, how loud this stadium was. I'm just going to go through to the last quarter because I wrote down in my notes, the players that stood up were the young boys. So we had Josh Carmichael come on as a sub and kick two goals in that last quarter. Yeah. I think, he, I think he scored 30 fantasy points, but I'm not talking fantasy right now. I'm talking the players that really stood up and brought Collingwood home from a four-goal deficit to yep. win after the siren. Uh, Nick Dacos tore up in the last quarter. He had like nine touches, I'm pretty sure. Trent Bianco done nothing all day. <laughs> and then he had six disposals, six kicks in the last quarter playing along the wing. And they're all really effective Jeepers. and yeah. Linked up. Keeper League favourite, Trent Bianco, by the way. Um, Ash Johnson in his second game took a massive chest grab, uh, like Mark, it was a pack grab. He kicked a point, which would have put them in front and unfortunately kicked the point. Was he the, didn't you, did you say some words about him game last week? Right up, you, did, you, yeah. you did, you yeah. did. He messaged me telling me to clip that video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Pat Lipinski, who why has been around for a while, is still fairly young. I mean, he's fairly inexperienced and get a good crack at it, but he had a great quarter as well. So the players who stunk it up for me, Pendlebury had two touches. Sidebottom had two touches from memory in the last quarter. Mm. And Darcy Cameron had one touch, one hit out in the last quarter. So we're talking the experienced players on the side in Pendlebury and Sidebottom. They're down by four goals, MCG, 75,000 people. Who would you be penning in that side to stand up and bring Collingwood home? 
I would never have thought Josh Carmichael, Trent Bianco, Ash Johnson would be the ones to sort of mm. bring a big, big win in. So, yeah, there's some good signs for Collingwood there. They've just won eight in the trot. And the players Unreal. that brought the win home were the young two-game stars like Josh Carmichael, man, after last week. Yeah. Come and kick two goals after getting – he got essentially dropped to the sub. Yeah. After 24 touches last week. but And uh, 10 clangers. <laughs> yeah, we, we did flag that. Yeah, no clangers because he only played a quarter. Yeah, yeah, five yeah. touches but right. this week. Um, I also noted down. I saw Ben Hobbs tagging Nick Dacos in the second quarter. So Dacos oh, had a very annoying. good first quarter. I think he had thirty odd fantasy points, yeah. and then his second quarter was a little bit more quiet. They put Hobbs on him, but I don't think he broke that. Especially in the last quarter, he really broke away. That'd probably be why you see he's only scored eighty two, and I think would have been on track for a ton without that Hobbs touch up. Um, I'll go on Ash Johnson he kicked the first goal of the game I'm pretty sure he kicked the first two of the game last week I said he did some very similar like he was in around the Condes he Your dropped boy it. yeah he only had, he, I think he was disposalless in the second and third quarter not your boy so yeah. <laughs> three first quarter goals yeah. and then that massive it, it, he didn't kick the goal which is sort of sucked but he took this really big important grab that got Collingwood back in the game like it sort of like gave a bit of hope that they and it kept the ball locked down in their forward line as well when he kicked the point so it was very like important point in the game like this is only you know didn't didn't change the score but it changed yeah. sort of momentum that Essendon couldn't break away um, but yeah I said last week I'm pretty sure I listened back to it because I wanted to see what I said <laughs> I couldn't remember exactly yeah. but I said like everyone's going to jump on Carmichael and everyone be all excited about it, these touches yeah. and stats but Ash Johnson 193 centimetres, very versatile sort of like play. He plays like a third tall, but he's also very quick and like athletic. Mm. So he took a massive pack grab. It would have been like close to mark of the day. Pretty sure he was playing in the amateur league here in Adelaide like two years ago as well. You get um, Three years ago. honorary Buzz Lightyear status for, for, for checkers. Being Lightyear's ahead. Yeah. 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 But anyways, <laughs> he, he lived with Shane, One week Shane McAdam <laughs> and Jai Farrar in Adelaide. So he's of good pedigree. And I'm pretty sure he's also related to Sam Francesco Seaton. So yeah, there you go. yeah, there's some good pedigree in his bloodline. And he, he's one to watch. I think he's just very dangerous around goals. And especially with my, it takes a bit of heat away from my check. And yeah. How do I have one from the chat just asking about Jamie Elliott? What was his game like in terms of fantasy? Yeah, just he bobs up and, and down there every now and then. He kicked a few important goals. And yeah. It was just a standard like high half forward sort of game. Other yeah. than that last goal we kicked, ten CBAs. Was, as well. Has that been regular the CBAs? Well, I think is, there was, was no Degoe no just, Degoe, he, yeah, so, yeah, okay. Degoe, so he just yeah. goes in and just a rotation. You didn't really notice him too much in the middle. One thing to flag: uh, Zach Merritt only had like seven CBAs. Played on the wing. I think oh, Jai yeah. Coldwell had the most CBAs on ground. So was, was he tagging again? Because he had like fifty in fantasy. Who's this? Jai Coldwell. Coldwell. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't. Really, I couldn't see the tag. It was Hobbs that I really picked up on yeah, day okay. Um, yeah, I was why did Merritt move out? The, That's weird. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Merritt played a cracky game yeah. anyway on the wing. Still scored heaps. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about, like I mentioned at the top of the show, well, earlier in the show, my my woes of my keeper league. But we thought it was going to be Grundy coming back that ruined the Darcy Cameron. and Because uh, he was going to be probably, probably coming back to be relevant for the keeper league pod um, if, if Grundy did come back and ruin that role. But- Bloody Mason Cox with 18 centre bounces. He was uh, definitely their number one ruck. And said g'day and see you later. He did plenty the around the ground. He scored 60. He's never going to be a massive fantasy scorer. I think he's probably only cracked a ton once or twice in his career. But yeah, he took um, almost a mark of the year nomination because I think he sat on Andrew Phillips' head. So it wasn't quite yeah. the smallest head on the ground. And Mason Cox isn't quite the smallest guy. Was that talked about? I just didn't see that stuff. There were so many marks the, on Sunday. What was the go with... Cameron uh, well, Cox, was, out Cox was number one ruck well, I didn't see the game at all but I heard that he was the number one ruck essentially and Cameron was up forward is that right Cameron yeah, yeah like why well, they preparing for, are they preparing for Granny to come back and that's the role Cameron's going to okay. play 
I don't know. That's my theory. Fair enough. Could be it. Yeah, maybe. But, um, just uh, one one last thing before we move on to the next game because we do need to move on because we're a long way into this podcast. Um, Essendon at the moment, over the last few weeks, are the hardest team to score against fantasy-wise by an absolute country mile. So, wow. looking at all the pos- across the board on the positions, there is no position that averages over 60 or over 59.7. That's, that's in the ruck against Essendon over the last three weeks. Okay. And they're coming against North Melbourne this weekend, which is, I think people might be thinking about Aaron Hall. I think someone, even one of my leagues has got the C on him. So, um, yeah, I'd be kind of wary of that one just because no one's really scoring against Essendon in the last three weeks. So, yeah, interesting one. That is, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I'd still back in Hall. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's uh, get through West Coast versus St. Kilda quickly, Dossie. Yeah, still be I can be there. pretty quick because there's not a stack to talk about, yeah, but- cool. Um, Jai Cully, obviously his second game of AFL. Oh my God, he's probably already our best player at the Weagles. Um, he, he had an unreal game. Uh, look, scored 87 points, so already becoming best player. fantasy relevant. Yeah. He probably is our best player. 19 touches, four marks and seven tackles. What I saw a bit more of this week was his uncontested game, which I think I mentioned last week. I was like, is he a Hugh Greenwood guy that really loves the contest yeah. and doesn't do much outside? More cheap had, peel this week. Had some cheap peel, nine uncontested touches to his eight contested, So, yeah. but still did the dirty work inside. And look, he's got a long way to go, obviously, as a young player, but he's already putting up field, two fieldable scores in a row um, as a as a forward eligible player. He, he probably just becomes a midfielder almost straight away next year, though, because he's just playing pure yeah. inside. Um, they mentioned at West Coast as well that they're going to just play the kids basically in the midfield on the run home. It's good to hear. Um, I think we saw who else did we see? I mean, Bailey Williams actually played pretty well in the ruck. Yeah, three finally, yeah, he actually he actually stood up. I was surprised. Uh, Xavier O'Neill had a run inside as well, low time on ground, but fourteen centre bounces. He's not anyone to write home about in your fantasy world, though. Um, but probably just one side, one. So anyway, Cully's a, a great keeper league prospect. Obviously, pick him up, stash him away for next year, field him this year. Um, Windhager for the Saints. I've been a bit of a fan myself this year, just watching the way he goes about it. But one of his first kind of fantasy relevant games, 84 points, 23 touches, five marks, three tackles, but completely clamped um, Tim Kelly to 17 yeah. points. I really <laughs> four hope, disposals, isn't it? Four Jim touches. Yeah. I really hope I mentioned that on the Waiver Wire podcast because oh. if he's going to be playing in the midfield um, and just following players around, he's going to be led to the footy and he can score it. Yeah. Plus, the tackle numbers will be out there as well. So he might My be goodness. The Saints were very about him as well. Um, the Saints yeah. socials and the Saints group, a lot of posts about him in there. So that's good news when you see it. Them sort of hyping up players. I think he would have been their player of the week or they put an Instagram yeah. post up straight after the game he's about it. He's a big, so. strong body for a young kid. And yeah, the way he's got... I, I said earlier in the year when he was playing, like I was surprised that he managed to get a good score up this year. But yeah, he's got a lot to like about him. I will flag though. Do you think any of these players come back in for the Saints? Because you've got some pretty nice players running around the VFL that could also be those um, free agent pickups we're talking about. Dan Han on his second game back. There's talk of him. He, back. he got in the high 20s first week, 25 touches second week. I'm strongly looking at him. And also Mitch Owens has had another strong performance with 24 touches. So, you know, just something to monitor. They've got a couple of midfielders in the wings, but I'd also be looking at those if you're uh, either Dan Han for people competing, maybe you could bring him in and then Zach Mitch Jones Owens play as well, and so. Zach Jones was in there. But Mitch Owens would be one to stash away as well in your, in your keepers at the end of the year here. All right. One other one. Okay. Um, backup Ruck. Who was it for West Coast? It was a different role. So, so I'm trying to remember. I'm just checking. Yeah. So, Josh Rotham played okay. forward Ruck. 
So he's a defender eligible player, I think. Josh Rotham? Yeah. Um, played defense like most of his career. Two goals, 14 touches, seven marks, and he had eight hitouts as well, scored 88 points. So um, it's not very easy. How tall is he? I'm pretty. Yeah, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be massive. 193 centimeters. Yeah. So kind of like that. Rolling. Yeah. So kind of like your, um, I mean, Jeremy Finlayson's a bit bigger, but that sort of mold in terms of plays forward, ruck, I think. I think it's just a tip of the cap for now. We won't we won't go yeah. picking up him. Nick Nat comes back in and yeah, yeah, it's fine. Hugh Dixon comes back in. Yeah. All right. Any <laughs> any other joke? By the way, did you mention Mason Wood? Yeah. I, uh, nah, I don't want to. Okay. I just, <laughs> it's I just, annoying. It's annoying. He's a ninety every three weeks or something. Well, just looking at uh, last five, he's averaging seventy eight. Mm. Last three, averaging eighty nine. Had ninety three last. Is week, he forward so. eligible though? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he is. So it could be a sneaky one. Yeah, look, it's against West Coast. I don't know if he scores that again this year. Yeah, fair enough. He's had a few big scores this year. He has, but I just can't bring myself to do it. All right, we'll uh, wrap up the round rewind. And uh, yeah, so if you enjoyed the round rewind and it brings value to your week and helps you find some uh, fantasy gems here and there, uh, please consider supporting us and becoming a member. Um, Essentially, if if we don't have members, we can't do this show each week. We don't have the time to really do it without your support. So um, yeah, if you do choose to support us, uh, you'll get our weekly CBAs, kick-in numbers, um, scores for and against, uh, projection numbers, breakout tracker, the pod pod, and much, much more. So I should mention on those St. Kilda pickups, even more valuable in that, the fact I didn't mention Billings went down instantly, was yeah. out for the game, and then Gresham at the end of the game came out sore as well. So it might be a few ins. Could yeah. be a couple of ins. And they like just given that they're fantasy relevance, those guys could come in and you know score immediately for you. Yeah, if, if it's a um, Mitch Owens or something like that, it could mm. be handy again. Anyways, uh, back to the membership read. So, yeah, um, you get all those things. And each week we thank uh, 15 of our gold members now because we're trying to get through them all by the end of the season. Dossie really struggled with the names this week. And I'm not going to put it on checkers. So, I'll, I'll do it this week, guys. I'll take them off the team. So, thank you to the following gold members. Uh, Rahat Khan, Chloe Williams, uh, Paul Rogers, Sam Button, Andrew Simmons, Tyler Waters, Sam Muggleton, Dylan Smith, uh, Michael Grossman, uh, Andrew Kieran, uh, Dale Travers, who I'm playing this week, actually, in my Keeper League Ooh. final. Um, and uh, Cam Olsen, Neil Turner, Matthew Pham, and Lockie Pound. So thank you to those uh, players. Oh, sorry, those members there. Anyway, let's move on to the most important segment of the week, Trudge Watch. Trudge, 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 all right, it's your favourite segment, Trudge Watch. G'day, Trudge. I know he's a big fan. He's probably watching right now. 29 disposals, three marks, five tackles for the Trudge for a whopping 105 points in what we probably deem a best-on-ground performance. I didn't check, but yeah, somebody else had 35 touches, but forget about Handley. It's who, all about the Trudge. I don't know who that is. Um, just interestingly, um, he actually jumped into the DMs after we posted the clip of us talking about him last week, so he actually messaged us on Instagram. Um and basically said like he couldn't he come across it because one of his friends is a fantasy nothing so hey, yep. hey Trudge you're being talked about and he actually listened to it and like couldn't believe his ears and it made his day apparently <laughs> so yeah Trudge is on board he reckons he's um gained a loyal we've gained a loyal listener for life so yeah we might have to have a chat to him I think <laughs> we'll uh, at happens, some point yeah. and uh, we'll be looking forward to drafting him next year in our keepers hopefully yeah we're going to start a campaign I think in the off season um, hashtag draft the Trudge yep. so anytime you see a uh, draft article you have to Put hashtag draft the trudge right. under it, say, so, but it's we'll ramp, we'll ramp it up later. But anyway, let's move Jackies on. maybe to- can help us out there getting <laughs> stuff trending. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the listener questions. 
First question of the week comes from eHumus1. Uh, what to make of Callum Brown, GWS? A uh, couple of good scores and a bad one. Um, worth rostering with a 40-man squad. Dossie, you watched the GWS game? Yeah, I reckon he's playing defense again, though, in this one. So the one game he scored really well was that weird soaking wet game, yeah. um, if you recall, and I think he kicked like three goals. Yeah, I watched um, him. I watched GWS last week and didn't even notice him. So He yeah. actually he went all right in this one. Uh, like, I think he scored in the 70s, but... Yeah, just I don't even know what 40 to make. 40-man roster, though. He's oh, still already a fourth, nah. fifth-game player, isn't he? Sixth-game mm. player now. 40-man, 40, 40 though, that's that's a lot. You could probably stash away someone like that. Yeah, though. you could stash Honestly, away Honestly, yeah, especially players. the unknowns about GWS's um, like, yeah, they're gonna lose heap of players. list this year. You yeah. could you could do worse and even just a stash, see where he's at next year. If I had a 40 if man, not, just if, drop him and find someone If I had a 40-man squad, I'd have him on there. If I had a 40-man yeah, squad, I'd have a few red dots in there, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. 100%. Yeah. Um. Russ two four six eight. Um, I didn't watch the Pies versus Don's match, but did you notice anything about Will Snelling's role? That was a good one actually, because he was quite a good scorer last year. What was Snelling doing? <laughs> Snelling things half forward. Yeah, I actually didn't. Forward. I didn't rate his game too much. He scored very well, and he had a lot of the ball. He had like eight tackles. Yeah. So mm. it was that defensive forward type pressure forward. Um, but he, he fumbled a lot of the ball at important times as well, which was annoying to watch. He's, yeah. So the fantasy scored great, but I'm sure that. Eight tackles was impressive, but there was some important moments in the game. Where I was just like, "Wow, Will Snelling's just not up to the grade today." Like, yeah, okay. It's interesting though now because I think I mentioned him a few weeks ago, being like, you know, last year his tackle numbers were the reason he scored really well, and that wasn't sustainable. But as you're saying, they're a tough team to score against because of their bloody pressure, and yeah. I think he's one of those oh, yeah. guys that brings it up. So. I don't know, maybe he's going to return to his high-tackling ways in this new kind of system that they're rolling out in the last few weeks. Yeah. Was, were, the, were tackle numbers the reason why he scored so well last year? I thought he was just finding a lot more of the footy. But. I think he – like, I mean, in this one, he had 20 touches and eight tackles. I think yeah. from memory, he had some really good tackle numbers last year. Okay. I'll look it up while I you get remember. to the next question. Yeah. yeah. Um, at toot toot seven 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 seven. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for the cracking pod. Looking for teams that are likely to have forwards that will score well um, in rounds 22 and 23, which is league finals. Is it easiest picking forwards that are playing against North and West Coast? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's what I would do. If I if I didn't have, like, players in mind, if you're just looking for waiver-wise streamers, yeah, definitely look at the players that kind of generally give up points. And you find it's more so an indication of floor more so than ceiling, but it's more, like, more likely, the less likely to go low against those teams and... You know, not necessarily ton up each time or anything like that, but it's more so they'll probably put up a, you know, when they're usually putting up, if a guy usually puts up a 60, you might put up a 70 or an 80 type thing um, against those type of teams. So that's more what I look at it for, more so than trying to find big mm. scores. But I see you look like you've got something to say about Snelling. Yeah, just, yeah, tackle numbers last, so last two years, 2020 and 2021, have been 4.6 per game and 4.8 for, for a forward. That's, yeah, that's awesome. This year it's down to three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously eight on the weekend. I don't know. It's, it's one, he hasn't done it all year apart from this one but he's also been out for a while and just coming back five games in so yeah you know maybe give it a crack against what you say north melbourne this week yeah was that what it was I'd be yeah, willing to give him a crack if he's still available yeah um yeah definitely absolutely it's, this is a forward for sure mm. um at ant g25 uh, will nick martin have forward status next year seems to have been on the wing most of the year i'll always love him either way what was his role on the weekend wing again yeah same sort of wing yeah role. i reckon he loses it just from what i've seen i'm crazy as you watch his most of the bombs he still games, kicks a goal like he still still bobs up on the scoreboard a fair bit yeah but a lot of wingers do though yeah yeah i don't know you see like you know you saw dill stevens push forward you saw carl amon kick one on the weekend that's two off the top of my head wingers yeah yeah 
seen it push up a bit. Um, at Ranger, um, J87. Hey, gents. Uh, my team, the Butterchooks, just snuck into the finals this round with a bit of help from matchups. Uh, need a solid mid-forward option this week. Who would you bring in out of the following waivers um, round 20? So Will Snelling, which, yeah, kind of like if he's playing up against North. Um, Lockie O'Brien, Luke Bruce. I'm assuming that is a forward option. That's probably Lockie Young. Yeah, I'm going Snelling off those. No, sorry, Lewis Young. I'm going Snelling out of those options purely for the matchup. And yeah. like we said, maybe he kicks in the gear and starts laying some tackles. And, you know, he, he can hit all stat lines last year. I think it was 17 touches, four marks, five tackles. Like, that's the sort of guy you want. If he if he does hit some, hit some uh, form, that's a player that you can play for at least this week versus North. Yeah, overall, North do give up a lot of points. To forwards, just interestingly as well, over the last three weeks this is, North are very middle of the road for forwards, but I still, I'd still back him in on the form, I think. Um, yeah, just from up from last week. So I'd take Snelling as well to those. Um, who have Hawthorne got this week? That's the other one. Are they coming up against someone hard? So I just want to see Bruce. Oh, St. Kilda. No, because Bruce can sometimes get on the end of a bag if they're against an easier opponent. But um, yeah, St. Kilda again, another... Middle of the road team for Ford, so yeah. No, I guess Snelling. All right. Um, Paul Milne, um, is Robot? I'm getting pushed to the background with the emergence of so many other Swans and Young Guns. I didn't check the CBAs, but he did he score. Up, didn't he? I think we actually missed this game completely. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did we go through the Crows game? Or did I? I can't actually remember. I yeah, thought I had him in the, there. We went no, the we had three. I, I had him in there. Must have deleted him. Damn. Yeah, because we talked about no, we, we spent 15 minutes on Robbie Fox. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I actually had him in there, but I must have deleted him. Oh, no, because he's 2G4P. That's right. I did write about him, but he's actually, because he averaged 80 last week, he asked, last year, he's 2G4P. Um, yeah, so he was playing more of that kind of, he's playing more of that kind of inside mid role. So he's been thrown about the last few years. So onto a wing, into a four and stuff like that. He seems to be playing that kind of more accountable midfielder kind of inside role at the moment. Mills moved out. So was he, he playing was the wing? wing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's it. Nine CBAs for him. Yeah. Um, and, and buddy, yeah, row bottom 22. Yeah, but he's been doing this on and off this season as well. So I just think they need someone to move out. Now, how was Luke Parker? Off the top of your head. Uh, 30, I reckon, or yeah, 29. So good 29. But I'm just thinking yeah, like maybe two or three years' time, he might be the one that kind of moves in. Two or three of years' time, though, James Robot would be past his use by almost for yeah. his breakout, wouldn't he? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's the only way I can see. If someone needs to move out, so yeah, like we said, we saw Mills move out to a wing this week. Um, yeah, have to, might have I always used to, like, when he was coming up, I thought, He's going to be a huge fantasy player, Robottom. Like, he yeah. showed so many signs early, but I'm still high, like 70% tog for that big score. So, I don't know. I reckon, like, I reckon you're right, Hef. I reckon he'll move into that role in yeah. the next couple of years with Hopefully. a bit more time on ground. Yeah. And I don't see him being a huge fantasy scorer, but I reckon he could be like a 90 average guy when he, like, puts everything together. I could see a ton. You see a ton? Mm. Tons are hard to come by these days. I could see A lot of fantasy scoring is lower these Chad days. Chad Warner's going to average 130. He's going to go 100. <laughs> it was pretty funny seeing Rocky on uh, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday night just kind of saying like how none of the fantasy scorers these days yeah. are as big as him. So <laughs> it just kept reminding everyone that. So um, there's, yeah, a, it's kind there's of an interesting post in one of the forums. Who's a player that's tearing up? Rory Laird. Yeah. Being like, is that Rory Laird's 143 game average the highest of all time? And someone's just like, look at Rocky's scores. Bruh. And he was like, averaging like 170 across like a five game span. Rocky or whatever had like it was. 108, 100, no, 150 over eight times in a season or something. Yeah, like yeah that. but there's this like five yeah. game span where he literally was like averaging 170. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near. Anyway, yeah. it was fun seeing the, the goat, one of the goats uh, just kind of hang shit on all the other fantasy scorers these days. But anyway, let's wrap it up. Uh, Checkers, got anything you want to plug? Nah. 
Get I don't know your... Josh, you've been on the wall shed at all. Or... <laughs> no, nah, mate, not yet. <laughs> get, around, uh, get around your videos from the weekend. Check out your big talk with Jonathan Brown. Yeah, he cleared was... the Yarra, didn't he? No, uh, he got very, very close. Yeah, very yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. In the bank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a bit of fun. There's another video coming there. We actually kicked with um, Jonathan Campbell and a couple other guys from Nova. So that edit's just waiting on a final edit and it'll come through. But... Beautiful. All right, cool. Yeah. Campbell Brown, give you a hot tip, not as good as talks. <laughs> John Brown, so. All right, look forward for that one. Um, all right, get around us on Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Keeper League Pod. Uh, make sure you support our sponsors. Grab yourself, uh, grab your father a, a, a what do you call it? Lawnmower 4.0 for uh, for Father's Day using Keeper 20 or just a performance package, whatever, whatever. Go ahead. Keeper 20 at manscaped.com. Um, or the, the Weed Whacker is actually probably the best one for the old man. But anyway, um, and then if you, if you enjoy the podcast each week, please sign up as a member and support the show. Uh, there's a link in the description below if you want to get on board that. All right, been a long pod, boys. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, checkers, for filling in for two weeks. Kays should be back next week from his golf trip. So I don't know if he'll be let back on. Checkers. We've got a new performer here. He's got he might big shoes to fill, doesn't he? Yeah, might have taken the spot, I yeah. permanently. Here we go. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks, listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. See ya.